James 5:13-20 Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. This is the word of the Lord. Shall we please pray? Our Father in heaven, we come to you this morning to listen to your word. Father, we pray that as we open your word, you would also open our hearts and bring your word home into our soul. Please feed us and nourish us and give us the strength to apply your word in our own daily lives. We ask this for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Over these past few weeks, we have been studying James. And one of James's central concerns in the letter is his call to a single-minded heart devotion to God. Chapter 1, verse 12 summarizes James' message well, that the blessed man is one who remains steadfast under trials, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. And as James closes his book, he brings us back again to this crucial theme of steadfastness in chapter 1. And this morning, the question we are seeking to address is, how does steadfastness in Christ look like, for example, in suffering, in joyful time, and in sickness or spiritual weakness? And we shall begin with this point that steadfastness in Christ means praying in suffering. Verse 18. Suffering is a bitter experience. When it seems too prolonged, it can be very frustrating and intolerable. In suffering, many of us give in to so many attitudes and behavior as a way of coping with it. Now, James in this passage is addressing Christians experiencing suffering. Many of them were going through persecution, social discrimination, verbal abuse, and economic oppression. Now, what would steadfastness look like for them in this situation? And James's response to them is, be prayerful in suffering. Now, why is James appealing to prayer? You see, suffering times, as we all know, are usually the dark times of our lives. They are the times we tend to bury our faces in the ground and want to hide away from people. It can be a very lonely place to be in. And because of the vulnerability involved and the spiritual danger it poses to our faith, 
it can as well be an opportune moment for Satan to enter our world and wound us or throw us into despair to give up faith in God. And so the remedy James gives us is a spiritual one, staying prayerful in suffering time. And this is very difficult, isn't it? We find it easy grumbling in suffering than praying in suffering. Maybe we can start well in prayer at the early stages, but continued prayer in suffering can be very difficult for us. And yet, that is what James offers us, that praying in suffering is always how we stay connected to God in faith. And the reason is, when we pray in suffering, we are effectively putting the situation into the sovereign hand of God. We are casting ourselves upon him and drawing strength from his infinite resources to help us persevere to the end. Now, in this passage, James had told his audience earlier that those who are causing them suffering, those who are causing them this economic oppression, will eventually face judgment. God has prepared a day of slaughter for them. Justice is coming, but it is in the future. And because justice is coming and it is in the future, that is why patience is required of them. That is why steadfastness in faith is required of them. But in the meantime, James says, pray in suffering. Prayer is the way to go through the experience. Therefore, James says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray to God. This morning, are you suffering? Are you in an economic persecuting environment? Has the COVID ravaged your house or put you in pain? Don't give in to the pain. Don't be overwhelmed by it. James says, pray in it, pray in suffering until God makes a way out for you. And also don't give in to the ungodly behaviors like grumbling and slandering and being untruthful. Our God sees all our responses and watches everything done by our oppressors. And on the day of his coming, James says, God will certainly bring justice to us. And I'm sure we don't want to um, sin in our suffering time to fall into condemnation with our oppressors. And that is why we need to pray in suffering time to remain steadfast so that our God will come and find us faithfully enduring for him. Now, turning to the other side of the coin, there are also others among James's audience who seem to be doing well in spite of the situation. They have not been overcome by the suffering. They seem to be doing, I mean, doing well. They seem to be in good spirit. And what does steadfastness look like for them in their case? And with this, we come to our second point, that steadfastness in Christ means praising God in happy times. You see, the word translated cheerful in the ESV or happy in the NIV appears three times in the New Testament. Twice, Paul uses it in the Act 27, verse 22 and 25. And in that context, they were in the middle of the sea, about to experience shipwreck. And Paul had a vision in which the Lord Jesus gave him word of assurance that they would certainly arrive in Rome. And so as a result, Paul had the courage to urge his fellow sailors to take heart, to be of good cheer, because of this word of assurance he has received from the Lord. And so from this, we can understand the word to mean 
being sure of the outcome and as a result staying calm in spirit in the midst of a threat and james uses this word in much similar context christians who are being oppressed are to be patient and know that the judge is certainly coming and the certainty of his coming is the word of assurance to all christians going through oppression and so james is saying that if you are responding well in suffering if your heart is of courage if your spirit is is is, is um is strong then james says praise god if you are in good spirit well in soul and spirit and you are staying calm in the situation sing praises to god and so in one verse james is addressing people on different spectrum that whether you are in a sad spirit or in happy spirit in a weak wounded spirit or a strong rejoicing spirit stay connected to god by praying and by praising the weak broken spirit should express steadfastness in prayer and the strong rejoicing spirit should as well express steadfastness in praise this morning again are you suffering james says pray to god are you in good spirit james says sing praises in your heart to him stay in the lord at all times whether you are in a rejoicing cheerful um, moment or you are in down spirit moment stay connected to god at all times now the final verse of our passage is where i want to explore more in the remaining time we have and again we are asking the same question but slightly different that how does steadfastness in christ express itself in the community of christ's people and this will bring us to our final point that it means praying for others restoration in the body verse 14 to 20. There is a whole lot of controversy among interpreters on what exactly James means by the sick. And throughout the gospel in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the word James uses for the sick is often, often used in reference to physically sick people, even in Act 9 and Act 19. However, Paul also uses the same word in reference to spiritually weak people. In Act 20 verse 35, Romans 4, Romans 8, Romans 14, and in 1 Corinthians 8 and 2 Corinthians 11. But judging from James's overall book context, most interpreters prefer weakness or weariness as a right translation for the word. And we don't want to um, go through all these debates. I don't have time um, to do that. But my view on this is that James is speaking in reference to people whose physical sickness has brought them into a position of spiritual weakness or weariness. And it seems that it is a long-standing sickness that may possibly have connection with sin. Possibly this person wandered off from the truth and fell into a sinful habit that resulted into physical sickness and that has led him to this place of spiritual weakness or weariness as well. And so James's word to such fellow is to initiate this process of restoration and he lays out the steps in doing so first james says he should request prayers from the church elders he must take the first initiative and second the elders must come and pray anointing him with oil in the name of the lord 
And James is very confident in prayer here. That believing prayer works. God delights in the prayer of faith. In fact, we noticed in um, chapter 1 that God is generous. And that when we pray in him, we should pray believing that he will do what we are asking him. It doesn't mean that God will act contrary to his will. But in this context, James wants us to have a positive view of prayer. That there is power in prayer. That God delights in believing prayer. Prayers that believes that he will do what we are asking him. And so James says that through prayer, God will raise this sick person up. And just like the story of the paralytic in Mark 2, his rising up from this sickness, his rising up will be the sign that God indeed has forgiven him. This is why James encourages confession of sin to one another in the Christian community and praying for one another that we may be healed from both our physical and spiritual sickness. And James is very confident in the ability of prayer to achieve this result. He gives us one Old Testament example of the effectiveness of a believing prayer. And it is the story of Elijah. Most of us know the story from 1 Kings 17 and 18. Um, the context is Israel had slipped off from the worship of Yahweh into the worship of Baal. They have been deceived um, into believing that Baal is God. And so the whole point of the contest is for Israel to know that Baal is not God. So that by knowing, they may be restored back to the worship of Yahweh. It was a contest aimed at restoration. And prayer was the instrument Elijah used in bringing about this restoration. And that is exactly the similar situation we are dealing with here about this wandering brother. And James is encouraging both him and the church elders to facilitate this process of restoration. James's confidence is that prayer of faith is able to restore this person and save his soul from um, death. And I think this is how James shows us that steadfastness in Christ ought to be the collective concern of the church. That we all have a role to play in helping one another to continue in the faith to the end. But again, remember that it must begin with the one who knows that he is wandering off from the faith. He must initiate the process, call um, the church elders to come and help him and um, pray for his own um, physical healing and also for his own um, spiritual restoration um, to the faith. And so this morning, um, if you know you are wandering off from the faith, please don't wait until it gets worse. Don't wait until your sin lands you in infirmity. Confide in a trustful I mean, person, a trustful friend of yours, and confess your sin and ask him for a prayer. If you have to make a phone call to our church leaders or our life group leaders, please do. This is a matter about our eternal destination, our eternal destiny. Remaining steadfast in faith to the end is to be done in the context of community. And we must pray for one another in standing firm to the, I mean, to the end. Um, I know it will be the delight of Steve and all of us to pray for anyone who put in the request um, for a prayer of restoration. 
as I close, uh, maybe um, I want to encourage you that you may want to embark on an expedition of searching for wandering souls, people that you know who were at one point strong in the faith, but as life took its course, they are nowhere to be found. If you know such people in your life, in your family, maybe this is a moment to pray for them and to pick your phone and call them and ask how, how they are doing. This can be a moment um, to begin a relationship again. You don't know, maybe God is going to use you as an instrument to bring those that have wandered off from the truth back into the faith. As I end, may the good shepherd who came to our rescue, the, the good shepherd who came to rescue us from our wandering soul, may he grant us the grace to be people who are calling out and rescuing our brothers and sisters who have wandered off from the faith. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this um, word that you have given to us. We pray that, Lord God, you would encourage us, you would strengthen us. And Lord God, you will enable us, Lord, to um, stay strong in the faith, in suffering times, in good times, and also to pray for others who have wandered off from the, I mean, from the truth and need prayer of restoration. Grant us the grace, Father, to be people who are praying for the restoration of our brothers and for our friends. Thank you, Lord, for hearing us. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen.